Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. Today is a very special day for the team at This Is Nashville. For over a year, we've been thinking of ways where we can hear directly from you, our listeners. We have solicited your responses on social media and via email, and boy, have you delivered. We are very, very grateful for your communique, to quote our Metro Council correspondent, Nicole Williams. But we have phone lines that we've been dying to open up so we can talk to you live in the moment. When you couple our desire to hear from you over the phone and our mission to keep you informed about our local government, we come up with a segment we have titled Ask the Mayor. What is that? Well, my guest is none other than the 10th mayor of the Metropolitan Government of Nashville and Davidson County, Mayor Freddie O'Connell, and he's here to talk directly with you. So if you want to talk with Mayor O'Connell, pick up the phone and call 615-760-2000. Again, that's 615-760-2000. Now, let me set some ground rules. Mayor O'Connell is busy because he's the mayor. He's taken time out of his day to do this, us this service. So at the end of each show, you all hear me say, be good to each other. And I really mean that, especially today. Mayor O'Connell is a human being, just like you and me. Respect is imperative in this segment. So when you call, treat our screeners with respect and you, should you get on the air to talk with the mayor, please be respectful, even if you're frustrated. Got it? All right, good. So as we wait for the calls to come in, let's talk with the mayor to see how he's doing. Mayor O'Connell, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to This Is Nashville as mayor. Well, thank you so much for having me, Khalil. I was thinking just a few weeks ago, uh, nothing would please me more than an opportunity to be on a game show where the prize is unintentionally creating controversy. Hey, there you go. Um, well, hopefully we have, a, we have a nice parting prize of some room temperature water for you as well. So <laughs> It's you, delicious. Yes. So, you know, when I, when I look at social media, it seems like, you know, you've been everywhere in the city and county. How have your first few weeks in office been? So it's it. There's a I will say it this way. One of the um, positive parts of the way this has helped me strike a new balance um, with work life family is that now instead of having a full time job and a side hustle, I'm able to focus on the work of the city as the thing that I'm doing and have a great team that we're building every day. So um, it does mean, you know, for instance, last night uh, we had three pretty important events uh, all staggered in the 5 to 7 p.m. block. Mm. Um, and I got home just in time to kind of have missed dinner but be able to read with the girls. Um, and I think that's where we're trying to carve out enough time. Um, I will say the most important day one hire for us was a great scheduler yes. uh, because it means that uh, we can strategically look at every week, every request we get, uh, make sure I've got enough time to do the work of the office. I mean, the first few weeks really have been um, completing a series of transition work, which I can't say enough good things about uh, Mayor Cooper's team for being full of good faith participants in an effort, being cooperative, helpful, gracious, uh, supportive of, of what we've been doing. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, it's also hard because 
as you talk to people about wanting to come in, everybody's got different uh, professional and life circumstances that they're going through. So we may have talked to somebody last week that we are excited to bring on, but they can't start till November, December, January. And so we're figuring out that staffing model on the fly. So there's a lot of work that happens in the office. It's also, you know, um, even from a telling the story of how the mayor's office works standpoint, though, it's tough because the work of it often is decisions, meetings, and yeah. um, it's not particularly exciting sausage to watch get made. If I'm sitting there signing certificates or resolutions and bills from the council meeting the night before um, or um, the kinds of things. But we've tried to also explain as much as we can. We've started trying to have a, a weekly public calendar, uh, you know, a Friday press briefing. Um, to be available in that mm -hmm. regard. And well, I think this shows an extension of that. Really appreciate you being here. Let's get to some calls. First call we have, we have Christy from West Nashville, who's here to talk about affordable housing. Christy, welcome to This is Nashville. What's your comment for Mayor O'Connell? Um, I'm specifically looking, um, I work in the housing industry and work with a nonprofit called the Nashville Industry Fund that is trying to help keep you know musicians in music city and what we found is that there's not great resources you know there's stuff for extremely low income but not necessarily the folks that just fall in the middle of the road that just can't simply afford this housing so i'm wondering if there's any kind of partnerships with nonprofits or other programs that may come available that groups like national industry funds could look into to work with the mayor on helping solve that problem and keep the musicians that make it music city here in the town no, I love that question because it's something I've thought a lot about, um, including in representing District 19, the urban core Metro Council District for the past eight years, because we had a couple of scenarios there. Uh, one was Ryman Lofts, uh, which was a part of MDHA's portfolio up on Rutledge Hill uh, that was specifically for musicians and artists. And I think it's important to think about models for creatives in a city where cost of living is increasing. Um, and similarly, we had, unfortunately, a, a project in Germantown that got uh, devastated by the tornado a few years ago um, that was an income-protected housing option where I knew somebody in the recording industry who lived there uh, based on um, salary, and it was you know, it was, a, it was a pretty good model and it was tough to lose that as a displacement effect, even at a time when it was increasingly needed. I think going forward, um, a couple things. One, as we, any of the candidates were talking about this, we knew from where Metro Planning's housing division, a, a relatively new division in the planning department that took the administration of the Barnes Housing Trust Fund out of the mayor's office and staffed it up a little bit, is looking at policy more broadly. Um, they're working on a unified housing study, and then we still have a few points uh, from the Affordable Housing Task Force that are not yet in progress that are worth pursuing. Uh, but I'm, I'm eager to follow up on this conversation potentially offline because I think we're still there are still opportunities to plug in new ideas, and we're never not going to be looking for uh, partnerships that uh, bring private opportunities into supporting long-term affordable housing. All right, Christy, thank you so much for your call. Hold on on the line so someone from the team can get your number, okay, so the mayor can keep this conversation going on with you. Thank you so much, Christy. All right, now we're going to move on to Angus, who has a question about SROs. Angus. Thank you for calling. This is Nashville. What's your question for Mayor O'Connell? 
I wanted to know if the mayor would be willing to commit to diverting $3.4 million out of... Whoop, Angus. I think we just lost Angus. We lost you, Angus. Angus, you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there we go. We can hear you now. All right. I wanted to know if the mayor would be willing to commit to shifting $3.4 million out of MNPD's budget and over to MNPS in light of this week's controversial... Oh, we keep losing, Angus. Angus, you're back. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, in light of this week's SRO decision from state grant money by the council, wanted to see if next budget cycle we would shift $3.4 million out of the MNPD budget and move it to MNPS for non-carceral approaches to student well-being. So what we talked about pretty consistently through the conversation with SROs during the campaign was I think this really is... Um, a partnership between Metro Nashville Police Department, Metro Schools. I've certainly um, been following Dr. Battle's approach to how she is working on school safety plans, and I think uh, we want MMPD to be appropriately responsive to that. Um, I'm I'm not going to pre-commit to that without understanding where her position is, because I think this is fundamentally a Metro Schools policy choice. Uh, but we want to make sure whatever choice they make um, that we are also looking at uh, how we are bringing in dollars that keep the if, – if we can free up resources to do the general principle of what you're talking about, about supporting um, responsible use of general fund dollars, taxpayer dollars, uh, to comprehensively make the city safer and increase opportunities and make sure young people have – a voice here. We're going to be focused on that, but I have I have not yet. Um, we've had one uh, transition meeting with Metro Schools that talked about a much bigger picture look at where things were with ESSER funds and um, the district's overall capital needs and so forth. And so that's going to be a continuing conversation as we get into the budget. I'm not. I mean, like most other things, it's going to be hard to pre-commit to. All right. Thank you so much for your call, Angus. Now. We have Kate in Sylvan Park. Kate. Kate, thank Thanks you so much. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for calling. What's your what's your comment or question for Mayor O'Connell? Hey, hi, Mayor O'Connell. Um, so many people, yourself included, campaigned this year on a platform of returning Nashville to Nashvilleians. And it was a powerful message that motivated me and helped me pick who I voted for this year. How do you and Vice Mayor Henderson plan to work together with Metro Council and the planning department to ensure the voices of the people whose neighborhoods are most affected by the desires of billion-dollar developers are heard when the current system is set up to uh, move their zoning applications through with very little friction? Hey, Kate. Thanks for that. Um, so as someone who lives in a neighborhood, I think that would be classified like that. I think one of the things that we worked on for years and as a former neighborhood leader, I think this was one of the um, priorities for me was that I wanted our neighborhood uh, to understand the planning and zoning process. And so we actually years ago uh, had a member of planning staff come to our neighborhood to talk through uh, land use and how the land use process worked. And I think it is, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can see from a citizen level, like so many things where um, a lot of money gets involved, it can feel like an imbalance. And so 
we have a number of transparency initiatives we're working on that'll come out of the mayor's office. I'm working on a regular meeting series with Vice Mayor Henderson. You might have heard me talk about something that I am excited to actually work with Lucy Kempf, the planning director, about, which is uh, as we hit the 10-year mark of Nashville Next, starting to incorporate some lessons learned uh, into that general plan of Nashville, uh, because I think there have been some places where uh, through the community plans process, as you break down each community plan into the various transects, places that might not have previously been uh, thought of as incompatible development patterns for nearby residential areas have increasingly become so uh, as, you know, I mean, that's that's the interesting thing about geographical boundaries and natural boundaries and where infrastructure exists is you don't manufacture more land. And so we know we need housing. We know the city continues to grow. And this is going to be one of the city's most important conversations going forward is where is the right place to put not just housing period and the amenities that uh, most communities want, but then where do we specifically incorporate affordable housing so that we're not uh, going through another cycle of reconcentrating poverty? So it's it's one of our top priorities, but we're going to be working on transparency tools in our office and constantly working with Vice Mayor Henderson. I saw the Metro Council uh, just named um, Councilmember Gamble from District 3 as uh, planning liaison, so she'll be on the planning commission. I was very impressed that she wanted to go ahead and revisit this community plans process. So at, at the moment, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll be making, you know, we'll be making some citizen-focused improvements to the overall land use conversation in Nashville. Kate, you thanks so much for your call. And if you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour with Mayor Freddie O'Connell for the first of a new monthly series, Ask the Mayor, where you can talk directly with Mayor O'Connell. Just call 615-760-2000 or at 615-760-2000. Now let's get back to the phone lines. We've got Eric from downtown. Eric, Eric, thank you so much for being with us. What's your comment or question for Mayor O'Connell? Hi there. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, Mayor O'Connell, for uh, taking time to do this. And uh, thank you, Khalil, uh, for your continued hard work uh, with this great show. Um, my, my question is this. Uh, I know that uh, when you were campaigning and certainly with your work you've done the council, um, you've noted you know, yourself with being able to work with diverse groups of people and you know, have uh, different, different folks from different backgrounds and folks that you know, don't always look the same, if you will, uh, to work together to help you know, make Nashville uh, grow and be better. Uh, my question to you is this. As far as within you know, your administration and especially in high-level positions, um, what steps are you taking to create more diversity, uh, especially, you know, in getting, you know, black and brown folks uh, involved because, you know, we've got a lot of wonderfully talented people that have been in uh, top positions and certainly could add benefit. Um, I know it's early on, but, you know, want to keep this on the front of radar and just see what, you know, what you're doing to continue the work uh, that uh, I know that you would like to, to see happen. Thank yeah. You. Eric, I appreciate the question so much because we were, it was a campaign commitment that will be an administration commitment to ensure <clears throat> that our administration reflects the diverse communities of Nashville and is consistent with the goals of what the Metro Human Relations Commission began a few years ago when they first released their Inclusivics report, which has been updated a few times since, uh, to again reinforce where 
the whole of Metro's government is and starting to reflect uh, the communities we are either elected or hired to represent and serve. Um, we we were grateful that a few key people from the Cooper administration have stuck with us and we've brought in um, one of the most amazing things this week has been Dr. Isaac and I, who joined our administration uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, has been one of the leading organizers of the Experience Africa uh, events that have surrounded uh, the Ghana-USA match uh, with uh, Geodis Park this week, uh, where Team USA played the Ghana Black Stars. And uh, Dr. Adai is focused on small business and entrepreneurship uh, in the intersection of where DBE access is to prosperity as those new and emerging businesses start to find their footing in Nashville. Uh, we were excited that Kedron Turner, who was a part of our campaign, uh, joined us to focus on constituent services and that Kathy Buggs remained in the administration to focus on uh, board and commission and some council work as well. Uh, and I think we're going to have some exciting announcements in the weeks going forward. And it's one of the things I was talking to Khalil about, especially in those senior leadership roles, it can take longer for people who are in uh, pretty senior positions in their existing professional lives uh, or have more complicated uh, compensation and benefit structures outside of government already that we have to work through. Uh, but I think we're going to have some exciting announcements over the first 100 days of the administration and, and heading into next year. All right, Eric, thank you so much for your call. We're going to move on to Katie in D6. I can only imagine that that's District 6. Katie, thank you for calling. What's your comment for Mayor O'Connell? Hi, yes. Uh, my question for Mayor O'Connell is um, in regards to transit, what are one to two low-hanging fruit? things that you think that could be accomplished that we'll actually be able to see within like the first six months of your administration? Well, Katie, I hope that uh, people are already experiencing a couple of those things right now. Uh, we fought in the budget that uh, is already in effect that started on July 1. I, would, I kind of led a contingent of council members on a few things, joined by um, council member Dave Rosenberg in Bellevue and council member Kevin Roten, who was the chair of budget and finance, both of whom are now alumni like myself of the Metro Council, um, we got expanded service on some of the crosstown routes, particularly the 75 and 77, uh, which start to serve soccer games. And WeGo has now begun not only local, but actually regional express service to Nashville SC games, starting all the way out in Murfreesboro, but coming in through Southeast Nashville. And that express service is incredibly important for um, demonstrating how we can serve places where people are trying to access naturally by transit in the first place. I think in addition to that, the introduction of uh, transit service to the James Lawson High School has already helped faculty, staff, families, and students out there. I've talked to the principal, I've talked to some community leaders, and it's actually going to be great to have council member Jason Spain as a successor to Dave Rosenberg in District 35 uh, as the director of the Tennessee Public Transportation Association. We actually were just both down in APTA, uh, the conference last week, the American Public Transportation Association, talking with national leaders on these things about how Nashville improves. And I think from now where we just had fall service changes go into effect in early October through the spring service changes six months out, we're going to start to see improvements based on the budget that's already in effect. And you'll certainly also have a mayor who is regularly looking at how to ride transit, improving access to that. At our inauguration, we 
made it a fare-free holiday uh, to encourage people to try other modes. We're going to be working across whole of Metro to say that when we have community meetings, we're going to start to advertise the multiple different ways that people can arrive, not just the parking options. Thank you so much for your call. Mayor, Mayor O'Connell, let me ask you this. When I lived in Los Angeles, they made the holidays from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day free for Metro rides. Is that something we can consider? We the, One of the first things I'm looking at for next year, um, and I hope this is, again, consistent with Katie's point, is we talked some about, uh, we've, we've done this before, not only making Election Day a Metro holiday, but also ensuring that uh, on a day like that where there's a major... Uh, civic participation opportunity going on that uh, fairs are free on those days. Uh, so I think there are a lot of opportunities here, but I think m one of my favorite things to do is help people understand how to ride transit. I actually, through TSU's homecoming, I was very excited. One of Dr. Glover's uh, senior leaders and part of her team was talking about the enthusiasm they've had on campus for something that I led on at the end of council, which is the use of American Rescue Plan Act funds to catalyze we go ride there, which is where faculty, staff, and students can ride just using their university ID without paying a fare. And the institution, like Vanderbilt, Lipscomb, Trevecca, and Belmont already do, uh, pay an institutional rate. Well, we we covered the startup costs out of our American Rescue Plan Act dollars, noting that our HBCUs have historically not had as much access to those endowment funds, um, private capital funds. So this is a big deal for equity and mobility. All right. Now we have just under, we've got about three minutes left in this segment. So this is going to be the last call, but don't worry, everybody. Mayor O'Connell has agreed to do this every month. So let's take a quick call from Ian in Northwest Nashville. Ian, uh, thank you for hi. being with us. Thank you so much for this, and I'm excited about this new administration and leadership. I wanted to ask the mayor about Nashville's Highland Rim Forest and the Nashville Next Review that you just talked about with land use policy and so forth. Are you committed to preserving the forest as, as called for in Nashville Next, or is preservation sort of up for grabs with this review? No, I mean, we've talked both about plan to play under Metro Parks and already. I've had a great conversation with Director Odom about the status of that plan, and then Nashville next as well. I wouldn't, I mean, I I certainly hope that the any refresh of Nashville next keeps uh, conservation as a top of mind priority because we know we've heard it. Um, I'm very familiar with the Highland Rim process. There are a bunch of stakeholders in multiple parts of where Highland Rim intersects with Nashville that we're working with. Uh, you know, in Northwest Nashville in particular, as we think about Bell's Bend and where that has been, I don't want to miss future opportunities to buy land at particularly uh, reasonable and in some cases below market costs or have opportunities where land is offered to Metro or in partnership to Metro that would enhance our open space and green space. So we're trying to keep not only plan to play as an active element of how we're thinking about parks and green space broadly, but um, that, yes, as we revisit Nashville next, that conservation uh, areas remain a key focus. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling, Ian. And thank you, everyone else who called. I'm sorry we could not get to your phone calls, everyone, but we will be able to have this again. Like I said, we'll be doing this once a month. So stay tuned to This Is Nashville on all social media platforms and listen to the show so we can prime you for when the next one is coming. That's all the time for today's segment. But as I said, Mayor O'Connell will be back with us next month. I want to thank Mayor Freddie O'Connell for coming into the studio 
really being open to this. Well, Khalil, I think it's great. I think um, one of the things about interacting with media broadly that I've learned on Metro Council is if we're here to make the tough decisions, we've also got to be able to talk about them. So I appreciate the opportunity. It really means a lot to the people of Nashville, Davidson County, and it means a lot to us here at Nashville Public Radio. Thank you again. We got to take a short break. When we come back, we'll revisit some of the memorable conversations I've had riding shotgun with a series of a best of the rides. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. You know, Willie Nelson got it right. There's nothing like being on the road and having a great conversation with an interesting person. As host of This Is Nashville, I've had the opportunity to interview over a thousand people. It kind of blows my mind when I think about it. But, you know, those conversations are held in the studio. For the Riding Shotgun series, the vibe changes. I get into a stranger's car and we talk as we drive. It's a very unique way to meet a fellow Nashvillian or Middle Tennessean. Now, it's been a minute since we had a new shotgun segment and we'll have a fresh one coming up later. But before we get to that, let's take a look back at some of the engaging folks I've met while riding shotgun. So, here is the best of riding shotgun, part one. Folks who spend a lot of time behind the wheel. Now, these are folks who pretty much work in their vehicles. Take last summer's ride with Mario Ridley, who owns the Big Guy Ice Cream and Snack Truck. He took me on one of his routes through Antioch. He started out telling me how he was introduced to this business venture. I was at a barber shop. I was getting my hair cut. Honestly, I used to be wild. I used to rip and run the streets, mm-hmm. in and out of jail. The guy that was cutting my hair, a good friend of mine, man, he was telling me, man, look, man, I, I know something positive you can do. He's like, I got this ice cream truck sitting outside. I was like, uh, he's like, look, man, I, I give you opportunity. He said, don't give me the money. He said, I want $500 for the truck. It's already equipped with everything on it. He said, but better yet, since you don't believe or understand, I want you to just take the truck for a week, and if you don't make $500, come back, bring my truck back, and just say, forget it. But if you do, just bring me the 500. Man, I, I took the truck, went and got ice cream, I rode around for a day, the next day, I started making money. Then another day went by, made some more money. So after that week, I had made more than $500, so I went back and got him the $500 and I bought the truck. Yeah. I've been rolling ever since. What's the biggest seller? Strawberry shortcake, uh, chocolate shortcake. The old school. The old school, man. The old school is going to always, you're going to have the bomb pop. But everybody loves strawberry shortcake. Ice cream sandwich. Yeah? I want ice cream sandwich. Give me a popsicle. What you want? It's free. Uh, yeah, want, it's free. Give me a strawberry shortcake. Okay, buddy. I want a strawberry cake. Yeah, my mama, now, as you can hear, Mario is the center of attention when he rolls through a neighborhood in his truck. I saw it for myself. As soon as the kids hear that ice cream truck music, 
They came running with dollars in hand. Even in moments when people didn't have enough money, Mario's generous spirit ensured that everyone gets a treat. It teaches a lot of patience. Kids who can't count or who go give you a hundred dollar bill. That's just, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta know how to bless them, man. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta be a blessing, man. Mm -hmm. God take care of babies and fools, man. We sure ain't taking from no babies. That's right. We gonna try to spread as much love, hey. Most of the time we get, just yeah, to help but, people out. Uh, you know, if it's 15 kids right here, I done sold 13 of them popsicles. Why can't I give two more away, man? That's, I remember how I felt not to have my guy. So like, now this February, I took a ride with Billy Jimenez of STR Towing and Recovery. He helps people out when they get in car wrecks or if their car won't start. Basically, if you need a vehicle moved and can't do it yourself, Billy comes to the rescue. Man, busy day today? Very busy. Uh, when it comes to a nice storm and everything else, you know, people are stuck in ditches. People need their cars picked up and taken to a body shop. You know, winter time is the worst time, and especially that when you're out here driving. So where are we headed to? Uh, we actually hitting up pick up a GMC 1500 pickup that's going all the way to Gallatin. Okay. How many times have you had to tow someone because they wrecked the car <laughs> after they were on their phone? Or do they even admit that? They'll never admit that. Mm -hmm. They will never admit that. Yeah. But you could kind of catch them in the lie and you could kind of tell they're always going to give away their hand. Mm -hmm. You get used to it. I've been doing it for 14 years. So I could tell when somebody's coming up with a story or somebody's actually telling the truth. In Billy's line of work, he sometimes meets people when they are, hmm, let's say he meets people when they're not having their best moments. Have you ever had a, a situation that was just incredibly tense? As in? Someone who was losing control of their emotions or maybe trying to take out their frustrations, well, express their frustrations on you. Well, it happens, especially when, when they get into a car accident. They get uptight and, and then their emotions starts kicking in, you know? You can't get mad at that person, you know? Only thing you can do is trying to help them out and trying to make them calm down to understand. And it, it's hard, but you just can't lose your cool. You have to um, find a way that you can help them out so they'll calm down and relax. Yeah. Have you always been this patient? No, no, <laughs> no. I used to repossess vehicles in Chicago so over there, it was like the Wild West. Repo Man. Not just a job, it's an adventure. What brought you to Nashville? <laughs> an ex-girlfriend. An ex-girlfriend. Uh, why did, I had a feeling, as soon as you laughed like that, <laughs> I knew, I knew. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, but it worked out. My wife that I'm with now. How'd you meet your wife? Working at Walmart. Nice. And um, we live together and we've been happy for about about 12 years now. 12 years. And we just got married last year. Congratulations, my friend. <laughs> that's beautiful. You know, that's one thing about this job is that you have to have a strong, a strong relationship. Your significant other has to understand that this job is a 24-hour job, you know. It could put a strain on your relationship because you guys don't see each other that much. 
you know, you're working a lot of hours, you know, you're doing, you know, you're doing a lot. Billy and other tow truck drivers are at the ready 24 hours a day. So the next time you need the services of a tow truck, remember they are working hard. Show a little kindness. I've traveled every road in this here land. From tow trucks to semi-trucks, I've taken all sorts of rides. In March, I hopped into the cab of a semi with Sean Davis, truck driving instructor and owner of Tennessee CDL School Incorporated. I wanted to know how I, a car driver, can be better at sharing the road with semi-trucks. Impatience. Uh, I was going down uh, the interstate and I had a uh, exit coming up. And that exit behind me was a car. And it was too impatient to wait for me. I'm going 60, 65 miles an hour. You know, they want to go, I guess, 70. And instead of waiting, they get around me and then cut me off just to get off that exit. And got so close that my newer truck has safety features, which sense how fast the vehicle is in front of me. And is it too close? And if it does, then it puts on brakes. Okay. I'm hauling this big old coil behind me, big metal coil with chains. And that amount of pressure to the brakes and stopping that quickly like that could have snapped them and, and, and killed me, oh, you know? Wow. Because I had to slam on the brakes because they, they couldn't wait, they were too impatient. And things like that, you'll see, drivers are just too impatient around us. Gotcha. And they're too scared. And so they make bad decisions. Despite the impatience of car drivers, Sean loves being on the road. He doesn't let the stress of traffic or schedules interrupt his chill, if you will. What do you enjoy most about it? I'm not rushing. I'm not sitting here going, I got to hurry, 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 run hard. All this traffic, weave in and out and let that stress overcome me or let the people get to me. Or I could be just slow, taking it easy. I got plenty of time. Someone gets in front of me, I have plenty of time to react. Mm -hmm. How hard is it really to sit back and just be safe and make money. Mm -hmm. I don't have to take phone calls all day about, you know, oh, this deal's about to fall through. You know, I don't have to worry about all of that. All I know is I gotta get there. So listen up, everyone. When you are merging onto the freeway, make sure you give the semi-truck drivers plenty of space to do their thing. We gotta share the road, right? Now my first shotgun ride was a truly memorable one. In many ways, it was my introduction to Nashville nightlife, Broadway style. I took a ride with Jennifer Serrano, cab driver with Checkered Taxi. We drove around Broadway from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. looking for fares. We met some interesting folks, and it is a night I will never forget. No, but you gotta- Take me to 1402 Arthur Half by Maroon Kroger's. What's your name, man? I'm Alex Eaton. Alex, nice yes, to meet I'm you, Yes, I'm a man. native Nashvilleian. Really? Yes, I was born here. Now, I must hit the jackpot, because I can't believe I'm in a car with two people <laughs> who are born and raised in You know Nashville. they call us uh, unicorns here in Nashville. <laughs> I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm going to play the Powerball. I, I wish I was playing. We win the lottery. Oh, my gosh. What would you do if you won the lottery? I would get me a house in Nashville. <laughs> okay, I mean, look, with the housing prices out here, you pretty much have to win the lottery you to, sure be able do. to buy a house. <laughs> That's, That's no joke, too. <laughs> These something. prices around here, let's see, it's uh, one bedroom. How long is the shift normally? Typically around 12 hours. 12 hours? Do you take a break, though? Oh, yeah. A lot of times being in the airport is a break. Mm -hmm. Take a nap in the car. 
take a so. nap in the car. <laughs> yeah, you can if it's slow enough. I grew up in the outskirts of Nashville, yeah. What part? Jolton area. It's kind of almost country, suburb. So when you were young, did you come down to downtown Nashville often? Oh uh, yeah, once I turned 21, I sure did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was nothing like it is now. Hello, need taxi? What's your uh, name, man? MJ. MJ. Yes. How, how was your night? Good, you know, not too bad. A little dancing, a little shots. Getting home safe on a Friday exactly. night out. Exactly, that's why I'm with Jen. That's right. Yeah. What's that? Just try and go two blocks, two blocks over. Where are you going? 14th Avenue. I'm drunker than hell. I'm over, I'm, I'm in Nashville for a uh, bachelor party. So okay. Out of here. Well, so you like, gotta pay first. He's stiffed? Yeah, that's the first time that's happened to me. That he's actually said, see you later. Will the cops do anything? It'll probably take him two hours to get out here. So, I'm just gonna have to eat it. That sucks. It does. Don't stiff your cab driver. It's not classy, Nashville. Not classy at all. Now, the next time you find yourself in a cab or a rideshare for that matter, don't be afraid to ask questions. If they're like Jennifer, they have lots of stories to tell. I picked up two couples. So they're going back to one of their hotels. Okay. One of the ladies, she put her sh hand on my shoulder and said, you have to put up with so much. And then she slid her hand down. Oh, wow. <laughs> She was trying to get a tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have people started their hotel exercises before they got to the hotel? Some of them have tried. I tell them, okay, no clothes are coming off in this car. The trick to dealing with that is to keep them talking and they can't start. Rhinestone high-heeled boots. Okay. I can check those off my Nashville bucket list. <laughs> yeah, if you like people watching, just come down here and sit for a while. You don't need to drink. <laughs> you just, just, just sit on the sidewalk and watch. What will some people do to draw your attention? Most of them will wave at you or yell at you, but they don't seem to understand that they need to yell taxi okay. instead of hey. <laughs> you know, I blame that on ride shares. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. So, you know, she's trying to find her ride share, and I don't miss that at all. It's just impossible to give a drunk person directions. I mean, we're watching it happen <laughs> in front of us. All she has to do is say, taxi. Right. Easy. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we understand our taxi etiquette now. No clothes coming off. And if you need to hail a taxi, you yell, taxi, not, hey, you. For the Riding Shotgun series, I've taken some unusual rides, but this next one really takes the cake. As a sports fan, it was an opportunity to live out a long time dream. I got to ride on a Zamboni. You heard me right. I met up with Nigel Schnarr, the senior ice manager for the Nashville Predators at Bridgestone Arena. There, he showed me the ropes. All right, here we go. We're getting on the Zamboni. Never thought I'd say that, but here we are. 
people heard of the Zamboni, but they don't actually know what the Zamboni does. What are we about to go out and do? So the Zamboni, actually, it's, it's called an ice resurfacer. So we're actually resurfacing the ice. So there's a blade, a giant razor blade on the bottom of this that will shave the ice. And then the water that's spraying off the back is putting a whole new layer down. Gotcha. So you're, you're taking a layer off and putting a new layer back on. Okay. The, the gist of what it's doing. Is there a difference from ice that I would find maybe in a frozen pond and the ice that is used for NHL hockey games? Our water here is treated, so it's a, a little bit uh, softer. It's get, we take the chemicals out of it. Um, plus, when you're, you're working on an outside rink, that, fro that freezing mechanism is coming from above, like from the air, Mother Nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, here we're pulling the heat out from underneath the ice. We can control how how low we take the temperature, how soft or how hard we have the ice. He gave me the skinny on ice science and how Nashville's fluctuating climate can affect the gameplay for our beloved predators. What does softer ice mean for gameplay? Uh, typically, you're not going to skate as fast. Um, players' skates will kind of dig into the ice a little bit more, so it kind of slows the game down a little bit. Gotcha. Um, and the only really time you get stuff like that is when uh, your air, your outside air qualities are a little bit warmer. Hum humidity plays a big part in that, mm -hmm. uh, especially being a Tennessee when it, it fluctuates so much. Yeah, so I can imagine toward the end of the season playoff time, you guys are working double hard to make sure yeah. everything stays. Yeah, we actually bring in like a secondary air system to blow cold air into the bowl. Okay. To kind of help alleviate. It's going to get a little louder now. That's all right. Now, you, you got the steering wheel, but then there's this other wheel you're operating with yep. your right so hand. That's determining the pitch of the blade that's on the bottom there. Okay. So if I turn it down, I'm going to take off more ice. Gotcha. If I come up with it, I'm going to take less ice. Okay. On. And so take some finessing. Yep. Yeah. You want experienced drivers that, you know, know the pattern, know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it does get distracting with 17,000 people watching you. Yeah. People banging on the glass, kids trying to get you to wave at them. Yes, I can imagine. But I, it's fun. I'll say, we'll say that. It's fun. Is that is that your favorite part about the job? Yeah, it is pretty fun, you know. And I, I, I like to photobomb people that are trying to take pictures on the glass, and I'll slow down and get behind them and make faces. Okay. Especially the, uh, the TV interviews on the bench and stuff like that. Oh, awesome. You know. Awesome. I'll be paying attention in the next home game <laughs> while I'm watching. Now, have have any players ever come up to you and be like, man, that ice was awesome tonight? Yeah, uh, I get more of the opposite, but when something's <laughs> not right, they're going to let me know about it. Okay. So, uh, it'd be nice to get more of the positive, but I usually live by the uh, no news is good news. From cabs to tow trucks to Zambonis, ice cream trucks to semis, the shotgun rides have been a blast. Not because of the vehicles I rode. It's due to the great people I've met and I've been able to talk with. Every day, people who live, love, work, and play, just like the rest of us. Oh yes, it is good to be on the road again. Who knows, maybe my next ride will be with you. 
We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll take a fresh shotgun ride with a member of the This Is Nashville team and learn how she found herself in Nashville. Buckle up. We'll be right back. Riding Shotgun is supported by Xander Insurance. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. The Riding Shotgun series features our fellow Middle Tennesseans. Now, before the break, we heard some of the fun rides I've taken over the past year. And as we get the series back in gear, I wanted you, our audience, to get to know the people who work tirelessly to make This Is Nashville happen, to meet the team, you know? First up is producer Elizabeth Burton. She's absolutely amazing. If you follow us on social media, you may have seen her quick wit and humor reflected in our posts. That is just the tip of the iceberg. She's got a lot of interests and is super talented. Here's a sneak peek at our ride around East Nashville. Enjoy. What is it about like production work, broadcast work that you like? I like that, oh, okay, is this person gonna stay in their car? Okay. I, what I like about production and all of that stuff is that no matter the medium, I think it's, there's a lot of creative ways to kind of take yourself out of focus as the producer or director, whatever your role is, um, and just kind of let the subject tell the story themselves, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is like a little bit harder to do in print. Uh, because like you're the one writing it so it's harder to completely remove yourself from it Um, but I like that especially on the show I kind of having a behind the scenes role um, like my opinions and my extra thoughts and things like that aren't necessarily like making it to the final product um, in an explicit way Um, and I like the same thing about like documentary stuff where it's just like you get to let the person say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. So you've been with the crew for going on six months yep. now. What is your favorite episode you produced? Ooh. Or the one that's most meaningful yeah. to you? Yeah. I think the most fun that I've had so far was the zoo episode, specifically when I went to the zoo and uh, my friend brought her kid, Robert, and he kind of did the tour because he was just like so into all the audio equipment and was like, I'm the host of the show now and all this stuff. And it was just a really fun day. Um, I think the episode that has been most meaningful was when we did the episode on the cost of care for disabled people and their caregivers. Because. Mm-hmm. A lot of what people were talking about really resonated with me, especially when we're talking about like Ooh, medical bills. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that all really resonated with me. And it was cool to be able to kind of have like little pieces of my own story and things that I, you know, have experienced and care about and all that and be, be able to have other people kind of speak to that from their point of view. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that episode was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that we can balance from, you know, doing something silly to doing something right. that's impactful to people. Yeah, me too, because I think, like, I wouldn't really want to work on a show, podcast, you know, whatever it is, that was 
just silly all the time I think I would maybe have fun with that for a little while then get really just bored with it yeah um but I also don't know if I would want to work on something that was like extremely serious I'm like because I don't take myself that seriously yeah so I don't know if I could really be in an I don't know if I would do well in an environment that was super serious and required you to kind of take yourself super seriously all the time yeah that is just not it's just too stressful. It's just similarly, I'm the same I way. I think, yeah, I think and we have that in common. And for it's because sure. life, man, it that gives you gray hairs. Right. It's, life is serious enough. Like we don't need to make. Yeah. Not everything. Yeah. Not everything. Not everything. A time and a place. Because I think you know we take things that. Riding shotgun is supported by Xander Insurance. All right, I'm here with producer Elizabeth Burton. How's it going? It's good. This is the second day in a row that yeah, I've been on the show. That's true. This is crazy. We got you live on air. Wow. Got you on tape. We got you everywhere. This is amazing. You're Tweeting. On, you're doing it all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Much like Mayor Freddie O'Connell. That was so cool, wasn't it? That was very cool. Yeah. I yeah. was very impressed. So was I. I mean, he's an impressive person. He is. And he just, you could just tell that he is going to do his best job that he possibly can given the you know the gravity of the job that he has it is a job that i would not want as i as i just said on the shotgun i don't like to be serious all the time and i think being mayor would be mostly pretty serious well the best part for you elizabeth is that you have to ask to be mayor like yes that is true nobody's gonna knock on your door yeah you can't go to indeed like oh you're mayor yeah yeah you gotta you gotta be like like my worst nightmare i would like to be mayor do you think i should be mayor and then the people decide if they want you or not. So you, you're good. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because I would cry. We right. got your back. We got your back. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank, give thanks to everyone who tuned in this week. We really appreciate all of the support. Be sure to hit us up on Instagram. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by yours truly. It was directed by Magnolia McKay. Laura Boach is our technical director. Live tweeting, as you heard, was handled by Elizabeth Burton. Master call screening done by Char Daston. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Mayor Freddie O'Connell, his team, and you, our audience, for calling up. You can listen back at This Is Nashville or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This Is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you on Monday, everybody. And be good to each other. 